0: Welcome to the Mindful Soul Center podcast. I'm Amy Adams, and today's episode features Sean Gold, the creator of Utopian Journey. So I'm going to start off this episode by reading an excerpt from Utopian Journey. This one is called Running From Something. Quote, it is an ironic habit of human beings to run faster when they have lost their way. Rollo May. The chase is on. Countless people running at full speed. There is no time to stop and chat and certainly no time to slow down. There is not a moment's peace for reflection and critical thought. The future awaits. The destination is so close, but only if they hurry but what exactly is their destination? Why are they running so fast from one monotonous task to another? Why are they fleeing from one job they hate to a side hustle they dislike? Why are they running through all the best that life has to offer? (coughs) It's simple. The vast majority aren't running to something, but from something. Some are running from boredom, hoping to bypass it at all costs. They need to be plugged into the next app, the next show, the next cultural phenomena. Others are running from people, those that they can't stand or deal with. The middle managers, the bosses, the judging relatives, and envious peers. Many are running from their past, hoping that it doesn't catch up to them. Others flee from the truth because they can't stand to have their illusions shattered. So many are running from pain and discomfort, hoping that it never sticks its icy tendrils into them. The majority run from the blandness of their everyday life. They choose to travel far and wide, hoping that new and exotic locations will be life altering and changing. They flood social media with the same poses at the same locations, hoping that is enough to replace the tedium. Quote, they change their skies, but not their souls, who run across the sea. Unquote, by Horace. Now, this is just a little excerpt from Utopian Journey, but you'll see this beautiful, gorgeous artwork featuring the the dreamer, the heroine, who we'll learn about in the interview. But I wanted to just give you a little bit of a taste of it. It's not just about what we're running from. Then he goes on, and if you continue reading, I'll put the link in the uh, show notes, but then there's a section, Running Toward Something, and then Staying on Target. So all of this is something that it's not just... Here, this is what people are doing. It's here. This is what people are doing. This is what we can stop and do. And this is the journey of the dreamer and what you can do. You're not stuck. That's just one of the titles of some of the adventures of the dreamer. But other titles are things like Create Your Miracle Year, Avoid the Validation Vortex, Everything is difficult. So what? And more. So I just wanted to give you a little taster of some of the topics before we get into the interview. It, it, it would really behoove you to go and take, go and take a look at the comic, at the artwork, and then read one of the stories because we, I know you're going to love it. Hi, Sean. Welcome. And Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, I would love it if you could just start telling people a little bit about you because um, you do this amazing project called Utopian with someone else who is the artist, but I, I guess this was your baby to start. And um, I'd love to know kind of where you got the idea from, like where you got started, like what were you doing before you started this, and um, just give us the
1: lowdown. Wow. So that's, that's not one question. That's multiple. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like one question in 25 parts. You know, <laughs> well, uh,
0: I just want to, you could just stream it all out. Like, uh, <laughs> I
1: got it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I've always been like a creative at heart and I've always been ch- kind of like a lifelong entrepreneur, um, kind of notorious for, uh, all the stuff I did in Miami nightlife and hospitality, um, which is how I built my network, which is how I got into, being, you know, a writer and getting into screenwriting and Hollywood and being an author and lecturing and all that stuff. Um, Utopian came about because I was interested in the comic book medium and I was already experimenting with it for concept art for my screenplays and my other ideas to demonstrate the studios, the vibe and the feeling and the mood and whatnot. And then during the pandemic, like literally the first week of lockdown, I just had this epiphany to do kind of a comic book that benefits the reader is like a guide for motivation, inspiration, mental wellness, mental health, and just something that people can refer back to in a unique way. Because there's a million self-help books out there and all that, and I'd say 999,000 of them are terrible. <laughs> you know, I'd just say that they're all horrible. And I did not want to write another book and have you know my ugly face on the cover with my arms crossed or something, or like pointing at the person, just something stupid that everyone's doing. I wanted to do something that no one was doing Um, And that's why I came up with kind of like the comic book concept. And then as I continued the research and I continued to kind of put it together, I wanted to build a following. And that's kind of how I came to Substack, where I wanted to use the art to illustrate certain points, tell the story, have people identify with the message, have it resonate. And it, it just grown since then. People in probably close to 20 countries subscribing. Founders, aspirational founders, investors, creatives, dreamers. I originally want made utopian for Gen Z. I have people that are 82 years old, 75 years old, 68 years old that subscribe and reach out to me. So, you know, it, it's just really cool. It's just something that is innovative, personally fulfilling. And again, my, my goal is to help the reader. My goal is to have something where someone reads it and it's not a waste of time, where they can actually benefit and actually go in a different direction than if they hadn't read it. So if they read it and say, oh, this is really good. I'm going to give some thought to this. I'm going to act on this or I'm going to you know, look into this more myself and research into something. That's kind of the end goal with it. Give someone something to aspire to, some hope, something yeah. that is just going to make their day easier and eventually make their week easier and hopefully make their lives easier.
0: Yeah. And it's in bite-sized pieces compared to like having to read a whole book too. I mean, even if you have a comic later, I love that the bite-sized pieces, because everybody with our attention spans through the years have just diminished. <laughs> so,
1: well, I, I'm told I'm told it's too long. I mean, really like the, the average issue is about <laughs> 1,500 to 2,500 words. And they're like, it's too long. And it's like, I feel like last year oh, I wrote over a hundred thousand words. That was like the analytics showed me. Um, and I mean, I just, I, I go until I feel like it's long enough. And sometimes it's 1,300, sometimes it's 2,000. I don't have like a set, I'm gonna stop this. I think like it's good enough and it's not too short, it's not too long, it's just right. And I mean, that's just kinda, you know, if I was subscribing to stuff, I feel like it'd have to be just right.
0: Uh-huh, I it really grabbed my attention when I saw it because I mean, the uh, comic is very eye-catching and actually that you chose a female character, I was actually a little bit curious about that too because when immediately, I mean, I didn't look at your name when I first saw the image and read the mm. um content and then I was like, "Oh, wait. <laughs> it's not a woman writing that." Yeah,
1: no, it's uh <laughs> well, it, it's also we have, I mean, there, there's there's like a diverse set of characters that we're going to get to eventually. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, this is just like the first one, but Uh, Even in my screenplays, like they're always kind of like strong, heroic, like female led characters, usually Mm -hmm. Um, not the damsel in distress kind. And just from my experience working, you know, with founders and entrepreneurship, female founders tend to outperform their counterparts. But they also tend to suffer more from a lack of confidence and from like personal issues stemming from can I do this? Can I compete in in a boys club and all that? And it's really like we have to kind of get out of that way of thinking because people can accomplish anything. It just they kind of have to have the self-belief to do so. Um and that's what really differentiates the in- an individual from someone else is just that they know what they're going to go after and they're going to go after it. They don't care. Someone else is going to look at the statistics and go, oh, I can't do it because of this or I'm I don't have the resources or I'm not from here. Or, I did not go to this school or blah blah blah. And it's like that 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 kills essentially creativity. That kills innovation. It kills everything. I feel like especially with being a female uh hero it's essentially a lot of people today don't read anymore, which is like a sad thing. But they don't know that, like okay, like they'll they'll know about like Captain Marvel, but they won't know about like Marie Curie. <laughs> and it's kind of like wait, who? And it's like stuff like that. And they, they don't they won't go into history and they won't see all these like innovations and leaders and all that that really help change the course of society. So I tend to draw upon a lot of that, a lot of history and stuff. And I tend to again throughout certain pieces of art and throughout certain panels and whatnot, we illustrate that just because everyone everyone digs it. They're the only people that don't really dig dig it or some of the people are like, I don't like how it looks. It should be more realistic. And I'm like, it's a story. I was like, we also don't, we're also not surrounded by emojis and people that have their phones chained to their necks and all that. And, you know, we, we're not, it's just, it's a story. Enjoy it. You know, it's, it's, it's art and interpret it how you want. It's not meant to be the most realistic thing possible. If, if, you know, I think there's too much of that. I think we need to have something that we can immerse ourselves in, see ourselves in and let that inspire the reality we want to create.
0: Yeah, I think the character for me, I mean, I, I think it um she does she have a name actually? Like a, a No, I
1: just I I in the script I referred to it as the dreamer. That's it. That's, I, that's I, I,
0: I thought it was just the dreamer, but I just d- didn't know for sure if there was like a name or anything. And nah, she dreamer. have a, she will will she have a name or no? That's
1: I did in the notes, like I did have some stuff. Um, but for right now I just keep it as the dreamer. And then as I as I you know introduce other characters, um I'll probably flesh them out just a little more. But I wanted to just people to kind of identify with the action and with like the m- emotion and the message over than like the character. You know, she comes from working in enterprise sales. <laughs> you know, like we, we I want to avoid all that. I want to have just someone that, you know, wants to do their own yeah. thing, and have to face, yeah. you know, the obstacles of doing your own thing.
0: Well, I think dreaming is unfortunately frowned upon in a way, too. I mean, people are always like, you have to be concrete and go after this and do that, this kind of conditioning. And I think your heroine is like breaking the patterns of conditioning. So, um, I mean, that's the messaging that I see. It's like, you know, you don't have to follow the um, the pack. Uh, yeah. You can actually, you. if you're following the pack, you're not really going to make it um you have to kind of just go for it and i really yeah. like some of the um and i think uh believing in magic and mystery is really important too like without it being too um spacey not spacey i don't know that's not the right word
1: esoteric um,
0: yeah i mean i love esot- i'm i love it i'm a yoga teacher mm. I, I love all of that i study all of that kind of stuff but i feel like uh, you know bring it to everybody To kind of come into this, like I, there's like the kind of extreme materialism, and then the extreme
1: uh, aestheticism. Yeah, (laughs) you you got to be in the middle,
0: (laughs) right? And it's like finding the middle way. And I really like this about the character, and I like the messaging um, because. Also, one of the messages that I came across a lot with you and with the story is about precious time. And I think that is so important. And I think, you know, we have to try to stay present and everything, but we also have to value our time. And um, maybe you can actually talk a little bit about like the value of time. And you also refer to like the game of life. I, you know, I like this kind of like repetitive and I love, I love for myself personally, like the kind of statements, there's like bold statements, like, Mm -hmm. take this action, do this, maybe you could share a couple with the audience so they can.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, well, for time, I mean, you're gonna love what's coming next, because our first villain is coming out like real villain. And uh, it has to do with just, you know, lost time. I feel like, you know, a lot of this stems from just being in lockdown in the pandemic. And I just, so many people wasted a year. They just, they, I mean, I I looked around at my contemporaries and what people were doing and it's like, here I am, you know, working as hard as I could work, reading as much as I could work, researching, writing Utopian Journey, writing screenplays, virtually networking, speaking, doing everything possible. And everyone else is like baking bread. Like we're in the middle ages. (laughs) It's like, People always desired before the pandemic that they wanted more time, they wanted that time to reset, they wanted to just plug, unplug, and sit there and, and focus on themselves. And we had that, and then they spent the whole time complaining how they miss being in the office and how they miss being on vacation and being out and all that. So it's like they're just never happy. And I feel like time is just a resource that once it's gone, it's gone. And I didn't my personal goal for 2020 and some of 2021 was to be able to look back and show that I did something with my time. This one investor I spoke to said, "I'm taking the year off. It's a sabbatical. Nothing's going to get done." And he was in his like 50s, 60s, and I said, "Well, listen, you know, there's going to be some time down the road, there's going to be a day when you w- you're going to say, "I wish I only had more time." And you just wasted a year. You just gave up on the year because you couldn't go to Applebees or whatever. So, yeah, the time, I mean, it just it's it goes by so quickly, and people waste it. They squander their time. I'm so protective of my time. And I feel like other people should be protective and everyone will give everything freely and, and they'll give their time freely. I'd rather spend the time writing or reading or researching or just doing something that's more constructive. And people just it, they waste their time. I mean, there's a, there's a quote from Seneca that says it's not that life is short. It's that we waste a lot of it. You know, that's, that's just what it is, especially now, because, hey, I can just sit on Netflix and watch Ozarks. And I can just, it just keeps playing. I'm going to just sit here and binge Ozarks because I got to watch like five episodes at once. And and that's how everybody is now with everything. And uh, same thing with social media. I have to constantly scroll. Like I'm looking for the lost treasure of the Sierra Madre until I scroll until I find it. And it's just like, it's just wasting time. It's just giving away your most precious resource. Yeah, I think we all need to really put our time to use because once it's gone, it's gone. And you don't want to waste it doing stuff that you don't like. And you don't want to waste it doing stuff that are just not going to bring you any benefit. I mean, it's it's good to relax. I'm not knocking Netflix or anything, but there's a difference between at the you know watching an episode or two at 9, 10 o'clock at night and going to sleep, and then waking up at you know eleven a.m. and sitting there from eleven to ten at night doing nothing but watching Netflix or playing video games or just wasting your time. I mean, that's that's what it is. You'll never get that time back, but it could be used so much more constructively. So yeah, there's there's a whole thing on on productivity, living with a sense of urgency, using your time wisely, finding out what's worth your time. Um, with, with my favorite art to come yet that I've been holding on to to, to release and really get out there because I really want to scare and shock people into living. <laughs> you know, I feel like people are afraid of, to, to live anymore. They just want to do the easy and the, the routine and, you know, not step out of the comfort zone and not take a chance on themselves. And that to them is wasting time, you know, doing something that might not pan out. But doing the same thing which has no future is not wasting time. And it's really, you know, a, a false kind of equation, at least to me. So yeah, so that you're gonna love it. I hope I hope everyone loves it. They're gonna love the, the new villain and the I'm time. sure they
0: will. But I think um, I think I've noticed that a lot of people have are fearful of trying things. I mean of course. Is, it's like a fearful life and a lot of people feel like they don't have purpose. So I really feel like the utopian has like this kind of um, messaging that is really positive and reassuring to people like and inspiring because you're repeating like these things and kind of forcing people to with cool art and you know cool writing forcing people to wonder like okay well what is my purpose like uh, why am I afraid of things and do I really have to be afraid of things
1: yeah I mean it's it's really just opening their minds to possibilities that were always there they're just too fearful to explore them You know, I look back on my own life because I don't want to give advice on something that I wouldn't do. Like, I'm not going to be like, today we're doing bungee jumping. You should bungee jump because I would never bungee jump (laughs) or do something like that. But I was never afraid. I mean, I was afraid, but I was never afraid to the point that I wouldn't try something that I wanted to go after. And I wouldn't take a chance on myself and I wouldn't experiment on something. And I feel like my whole life, everything that's come from it, the, the connections, the success, the victories and whatnot, and the defeats, it just came from going out out of my comfort zone, out of the box on a limb and doing something that I had no business doing. And I feel like people don't want to do that anymore because now we have what I call kind of crowdsourced conformity, crowdsourced judgment, where you have to put everything you do every single moment of your life online and uh if it it really resonates then you should do that and if it doesn't even though it's very important and meaningful to you probably not going to do it and that's the total opposite you should be doing something for yourself and not for the appreciation of others you know richard taylor wrote about that back in the 90s um the book restoring lost pride where it was she just mentions being you know if you're doing something for the appreciation of others you're just you're a slave you're well appreciated and a rewarded slave but you're still a slave you got to do something for yourself at the end of the day you have to be able to go to sleep and look yourself in the mirror and say, I accomplished this for myself. I mean, there's there's these little goals that they might be, you know, minuscule to others, but to you could be huge. You don't have to broadcast. You get such a sense of achievement and such a sense of empowerment from accomplishing these goals and overcoming these challenges, which, like, okay, you're not gonna win the Nobel Prize, but at the same time, you did something that you had no business of doing. And you went after something that you really had no experience and no interest in going after, but you did it anyway. And look what's come from it. Doing something may not always lead to, some, to something, but doing nothing always 100% of the time leads to nothing. And that's what it is. I mean, yeah, it's safe, it's fun, but you're not going to accomplish anything. Nothing's going to be achieved. And I feel like we have to get over this sense of everybody has to love what we're doing. We have to have 50,000 likes and 80,000 views. And we have to have that all the followers and collaborate, but all, it's all, all it's meaningless. Okay, what happens is, can you do something that you want to do? Can you stick with it? And can you become maybe even an expert in the field? Maybe even something that you open doors to people that you never thought you would you would have access to, and you actually get those people to work with you, or you get those people as a friend, and you get those people to communicate with you in a way that is just very casual. And, and I'm living proof of that. You know, I've done a lot of different things that I had no business doing. And if I had listened to everyone around me telling me not to do it because of the same, you don't know anybody, you don't have the resources, you're inexperienced, you you have no knowledge of this topic, you know, all this, like you can learn, like, the, again, especially now you could whatever it is you want to do, I'm sure you, you can learn it. I'm sure you can figure it out. I'm sure there's a YouTube video that explains it. And you're not going to get it right off the bat. But as you go forward and keep doing it, you progress. You, yeah. and, and that's how it works. But people don't want that. We want the instantaneous. I'm a genius. Look what I did. It only took me one try. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. I mean, every, every everything great, every great accolade and accomplishment usually results from years of setbacks, failures, personal doubt, and just pushing past all of that for anything. And, and people need to have that trait. And I feel like that trait is, is missing. I just see it. I just see it in people. I just meet them in person. I look at their eyes and I talk to them. They just they don't want to go after it. They don't want to go after what it is they want they want.
0: It does stem, though, I mean, also for fear of cancel culture and this kind of shame. Because when you're doing some, I've been an entrepreneur for many years now, too. And I will say for my own self, I, you know, I don't want to broadcast my personal failures or because they're not even my personal. I mean, I, I feel like they're personal failures, but they're even like my financial failures, maybe. Like maybe I tried something to produce something and it didn't work and I tried for a long time. And, you know, you get this. I mean, probably p- most people don't really care, but but we think they care or something. Yeah. So we don't want to really talk about something sometimes, too. And, um, and I really do think that um, I hope that it's going to be getting better, the cancel culture thing, um, because I feel like, uh, well, I mean, people are kind of like extreme now. It seems like it's like there's no uh, I was actually listening to something which I thought was pretty interesting because uh, it was a couple of women were discussing something and they were talking about people uh, about like i guess for like even like twitter right so twitter mm-hmm. is a wonderful place for free speech and for expression and then people were saying well you know we have a right as an audience to hear things but people are saying well you know you just should be like um uh censoring it and all these other kinds of things and it's like what are we all children like what yes. is critical yes. thinking
1: Th- no there is no critical thinking <laughs> i mean this is this is essentially like a 21st century gulag like a 21st century digital gulag that's you know pretty much if you're not in a digital gulag it's a 21st century inquisition over stuff that is just stupid and it's like i i, I mean if someone again is that offended by like i just don't care you know it's like I, it's to me it's like if you don't like it don't read it there's there's a ton of stuff that i i don't like but you don't see me like first off i never i rarely use twitter we have a utopian journey you know account just to release new issues and mm-hmm. so people can find it and that's it but you know, someone manages it, so I don't have to use it, and I don't really care about what these people are thinking or what they say. I just don't, you know. And if right. and if and if it is so help
0: somebody to also not care. I mean, that's because I feel like your your um, story does that. It's like part of its mission is like helping people to kind of overcome that. So yeah,
1: well, it's just essentially, you know, you, when you have your goal that you're working on or whatever whatever it is that you're trying to achieve and you become so wrapped in up into it you realize that it's like why am i dealing with this why do like why should i care you know it's like i i mean again i illustrated about a year ago old issue <laughs> you know really i forget which one i remember it was last year um just on Robert Goddard, the, the father of rocketry. And he was doing rocketry in the 1920s. And the New York Times came out with an article on him saying that he didn't understand high school physics and that it's impossible. A rocket will never leave the atmosphere. And everybody ridiculed him. And it's like, imagine if he gave in, you wouldn't have you know satellites or the cell phones in the space program and jet. Ed. You wouldn't have any of that, but he just kept working. I feel like today there's a mass extinction of ideas because we, we care about what other people think. Strangers that we never are going to meet, Ever, We're never going to encounter them in reality. Online, that are probably half of them are bots, are you know trying to determine the course of our, of our lives and our actions. And we give into that. We just capitulate to it. We capitulate to what people think. And we can't do that. We have to be strong enough to go after what we want because nobody... Listen, the, every great idea, whether it's in art, whether it's in science, technology, business, it's always laughed at. And it's always laughed at and disregarded and thought of as foolish by the masses until it becomes commonplace. You know, there's a quote from Henry Ford that said, if I'd listened to what my customers wanted, I would have built a faster horse. Nobody wanted a car. Same thing with Steve Jobs. A computer, that's what's in your office. Why would I want to come home from the office and then have a computer at my home? Nobody sees the possibilities. And I feel like you have to be a person that not only sees the possibilities, but acts on it and just doesn't care what other people think. I mean, there's a quote from David Foster Wallace that says, you'll stop worrying about what other people think of you when you realize they seldom do. I mean, they're not sitting around all day just saying, I wonder what he's doing next. They're, they're probably doing something else, complaining about something else, organizing the digital lynch mob for something else. You don't like it. Something stupid. So you just got to go after what you want to go after. And, and, and that's, that's what I tell people. Just don't, don't care what people think. Because, again, like, they're not going to be there a year from now. And they're not going to be there five years from now. And I can tell you from experience that if they are there, they're going to say that they were there at the beginning when you started, and they're your biggest fan, and they always knew you had it in you, and blah, 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 and even when they were your harshest critic. So th- that's something that people need to keep in mind. And if you can get over that, it's fine. I mean, listen, it takes guts, and it takes spine, it takes backbone to put yourself out there, it's especially if you're a creative, to, to write something or create something and put it out there, and you know, hope this works, and then have to deal with the fact that if you're on social media, you have a girl walking through a forest, gets... 50,000 views and then you write this amazing piece or draw this amazing picture that gets like 200 and you're like, really? And you kind of have to deal with that. You know, you kind of have to overcome that and just focus on what it is you have to do because if it's meaningful to you and it's purposeful to you, then that's all that matters. That's like priceless. The dreams are too small. The purposeful ideas are too small. We got to think bigger and think deeper and, and really go after what we want and what we're capable of. And, you know, it's it just, it's a scary thought for a lot of people, but you have to, you know, you have to think these thoughts and you have to act on them
0: yeah and you said something earlier about how like when you do something how it has like an impact on other people too and one of the things that i think about too is like you don't even have to know what that's going to be like you don't even have to think about it or know about it because you can actually by taking action yourself like and doing making the story or doing something that person who reads it or might do something might then take an action that does something like you said Earlier, like, oh, you're not maybe you're not gonna win the Nobel Prize, but maybe that person will who read your story. Yeah, and they decided to <laughs> take the action, you know. I mean, really, it's just so. I mean, not that everybody has to have like the biggest, greatest things, but it, that's something that is quite possible. Like, you you 100%. Yeah,
1: it, it's just listen, I get on average, you know, once, once, two, three, it depends on the week, but I always get nice emails. From strangers I'm never going to meet in person, from countries I'm probably never going to visit that read Utopian Journey and tell me how it's helping them, how it's resonating, how they started doing something, how all this stuff, you know, so to me, I mean, that's like, that's amazing, you know, so uh, yeah, I feel like again, your actions, they have consequences, but they could have consequences that are positive, and they could have consequences that are negative. And I think you want to be in the positive camp as much as possible. Um, because I feel like if you do something that helps someone, you help yourself.
0: Yeah absolutely so um what about though people kind of being complicit and complacent i mean i think about this a lot like and um because it's easier to not do something right of course uh, so so how do you i mean um how do you get somebody to believe in themselves like
1: i mean it's not something that i or anyone can do they have to i mean they something has to trigger them in a way that forces them to respond I mean, the, the only the only thing we have, the freedom that we have, no matter what, is the ability to choose our attitude with everything that happens to us. A lot of people, as you said, they're just complacent. There's a quote from Thoreau that says, the, the mass of men live lives of quiet desperation. And I think that's what society is now. Everyone living lives of quiet desperation, taking everything that's happening with like the stoicism of a cow in the rain. And, and that's it. You know, nobody wants to, nobody thinks change is, is possible and if they, if they do, they want someone else to initiate it. But for them, I mean, what I keep hammering home is that until you take action for anything that you want to do, nothing is going to happen. No one's going to, no one's going to just pick your name out of a hat and be like, congratulations, you've won Publisher's Clearinghouse. You can't even do that unless you sign up for Publisher's Clearinghouse. You have to do something. Um, so yeah, I just I keep telling people to just go after what they want and try a million different things, and something's going to click. Going to discover something. Um, and I feel like going back to time... Time, when you're working on something that's meaningful to you, you're going to look back a month, two months, a year and see how you've changed, see how things have, have transpired in, in certain ways and what you've accomplished and what you've completed and what you still have more to do. And it, it becomes an awe-inspiring feeling to go from not doing something and then actually doing it moving forward and accomplishing things opening doors and seeing where you land you don't have to do anything but i mean i i, I promise you that you're never going to be happy or content you're just going to be existing you're just going to be you know a drone that's what society is you're just robots and drones go to work at a job i don't like look at my phone at people that are far better looking and happier than me and well i'll never reach that um watch shows that everyone else is watching uh, be annoyed when the show ends, go online and complain about the show, wake up, rinse, repeat, do it again, and then have the weekend where we wonder what we're going to do with ourselves because we're not at a job we don't like and we don't, we're don't. we not watching the shows because we already binged them and what, what are we going to do? Yeah, I feel like it's the personal responsibility of someone if they if they can't believe in themselves and just do something anyway until that belief starts to, to build up. I mean, to have this attitude of, I'm going to try and I'm going to see what happens and not worry about what other people think. Because I'm sure when I was 17, Doing some experiments in 18 messing around i'm sure you know some people thought some stuff for three minutes and then forgot about it and i just kept going so there's a quote from descartes that says i just kept pushing i just kept pushing i made every mistake imaginable i just kept pushing i feel like that should be tattooed on everyone's eyelids to just keep doing it i mean it's not going to work the first time or the second or the third maybe even the hundredth but like you have to keep going i mean it just it's, you know, you're a scientist experimenting with your own life You're testing a hypothesis, you're seeing what's going to work. I mean, it's like, the light bulb didn't work the first time. There's a Thomas Edison quote that I also like to use, which says, I, I didn't fail, I found 10,000 ways that didn't work. You know, and yeah. that's kind of this, this Edisonian attitude that I feel like we don't have anymore. And we need that because now it's just like, posted a picture and it get many likes. Whatever, it's over. It's like here, I'm trying to do this, and we need to just, and it's not working. And I feel like you kind of keep having to hammer away at something. And that's the reason why a lot of people talk that they want to do things. You know, they talk, they have these giant dreams, but to actually act on it, nobody wants to do because to wake up every day and knowing that you have to start a company and run it and do all the research and do the jobs of 20 people or to create something to write a book, realize you have to write all the characters or if it's you know nonfiction, you have to do all the research. I mean it's grueling. It's not fun. It's nothing to smile about. You mitigate the the parts that are 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 less fun and you just keep doing it. it Become second nature. And it's if you're one of the people that are like, "Well, I don't want to do this," then it's kind of like that. That's not for you. Don't do it. But if you're one of these people that's like, "I want to do this," and I'm going to do whatever I can to learn and grow and accomplish something and achieve something from this. I always tell them, just go after. it. I don't care what it is. Just go after it and do it. I don't want to use a cliche like Nike, but just do it. <laughs> you know, that's like I can break down all the philosophers and religious texts and everything. It just says, just do it. You know, that that's what it comes down to. It comes down to the personal, the personal self belief that you can accomplish what you want to accomplish, and you have to just have this faith to keep going. And you just kind of have to have this work ethic to keep going where you just, you know, how'd it go? It was terrible, but don't worry. It was only money I lost. I'm going to keep going. You know, you kind of have to have that attitude. And a lot of people don't have that attitude. If it doesn't work, they run away from it and never bring it up again. And I feel like you can't do that. You have to keep going. And the greatest souls are the most scarred. So you have to kind of keep going with it and, and accumulate your scars, not the ones that people can see that you can hide, but the ones that no one sees that are within. And you just have to have that.
0: Yeah, well, I I have to say for years I um I heard Anthony Robbins say that quote uh, like take the rocking chair test. Somebody loaned me like his the uh, program once, mm-hmm. you know, like the audio program, and in it was take uh, the rocking chair test, and I love that because it's basically you imagine that you're at the later part of your life, sitting in your rocking chair, and you're reflecting on your life, and you're thinking like. Did I do it? Did I do all the things that I really wanted to do? And, you know, when you think about what is the answer, are you going to be sad because you're like, shit, time went, time flew by and it's all over and I didn't do it. So
1: Yeah. I mean, essentially, again, people think that they have an infinite amount of time and spoilers. You don't. (laughs) And uh, there's only so much that you can do and you only live once. And I mean, if you really want to do something, I mean, you can't be held prisoner by the, by the crowdsourced panopticon that we live in. You, uh, you essentially have to just go your own way, do your own thing, and, and just it, live the adventure. You know, Utopian journey is kind of like a metaphor for adventure. Just like live the adventure. I don't mean let's go to the Leaning Tower of Pisa so I can take the picture of the, everyone doing the same pose. I mean, go to some place that you have a personal interest in, and I don't care if it's trendy or popular, and just go there and sit there and explore it and think and, and see what comes to mind. And don't worry about anything else. Just worry about what you want to do and look back again on your life. What what did I do? What should I have done? I don't, I don't really live with regrets. I never really had, I don't really have anything I can think of that's like, oh, you know, I should have did this because no, I just I always knew what I kind of wanted to go after. And if I didn't, I experimented it till I found it. And to me, I'm not gonna look back and say, Oh, I spent so many years trying to write this. It is such a waste. And it, it's not because those years of writing made me the writer I am today. Mm-hmm. And creativity. Is something that you, you, the more you use it, the more you have. It's weird. Any other resource, the more you use it, the less of it you have. But creativity, you just unlock more. So yeah. you know, it's like I don't look back from, let's say, 2019 writing a manuscript of something that never really went anywhere because it gave me a chance to sit there and get my thoughts together and perfect my craft. And maybe it'll go somewhere now, maybe I'll use a quote from it for utopian journey, maybe I'll use a paragraph from something else. But I don't look at as a waste. And I feel like people they look at things like that as a waste. But then when it comes to their daily lives, they they don't see that as a waste. They don't see the happy hour, five days a week as a waste. But you know, teaching yourself a new skill or perfecting your own craft to them is too much to ask for.
0: Yeah, I actually like to go for um, when I'm feeling really stuck. Um, This is actually a real brain thing that happens. If you even just go for a walk somewhere and take a different route than you normally take, it triggers your brain uh, chemistry and, you know, just switches it up because you're just doing something different. Like the littlest thing can just trigger you to then you're going to want to do like the next step. Like it's getting over even something like a little walk and doing a different direction can start to um, work on those like fears of.
1: 100%. I mean, I have a whole thing on, uh, I mean, I mentioned walking because me personally, you know, I'm in Miami. So seven or eight months out of the year when it's not boiling, stifling, hot, I, I <laughs> spend a lot of time walking. Even now when it's really hot, I mean, usually. Hour and a half, two hours a day, um, just to think. And, you know, no phone, no music, just I just walk. I just walk through the neighborhoods, walk through the city just to walk. Um, you know, Soren Kierkegaard, who I quote a lot, he was a big proponent of it. Seneca, who I quote a lot, is a big proponent of Nietzsche said the only ideas that matter are the ones that come from walking. Steve Jobs used to have walking meetings. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I cannot stress the benefits of just being in fresh air and just walking and just thinking you know and too many people don't do that anymore again thinking and walking hold on i have to have my phone with my music or my podcast like again just think just just walk around and think and see and go in different directions and and see what comes and i, I mean it works it definitely boosts creativity i mean for me being active is when my mind works the best my mind doesn't work the best if I sit there alone and work at the ceiling it's usually when i'm out walking running exercising uh just observing and, and just ideas come to me, they just start coming and I just write them down. And then I expand upon them. And I, I mean, I encourage everyone, you know, all you, all you need is just your two feet and not to be in prison, <laughs> you know, and then you can walk anywhere and do everything. And even if you are in prison, you have yard time, so you can walk the yard. Just like I mean, walking is the most probably one of the easiest things we can all do and the most beneficial mentally and, and physically. And I mean, I tell everyone to do it, especially here in Miami, you, you walk so that you wear out the soles of your feet and not your own soul. So you need that, trust me.
0: Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, though, too, um, I know that when uh, somebody you had mentioned um, actually some female like heroines from different uh, films and things, mm-hmm. too, that you admired. Yeah. And so when you were developing this character, did you like look to those or did you just kind of um, or did the dreamer just kind of come uh, organically?
1: Like- um. I mean, I looked at it. I mean, um, it, it came organically, but at the same time, you know. Some of my favorite films of all time had strong female leads, you know, Terminator with Sarah Connor, which, you know, true hero's journey. You know, that's whenever someone mentions the hero's journey, they always, you know, oh, we got to mention Beowulf. But I would say, no, Sarah Connor, <laughs> because Sarah Connor in the first Terminator is a bumbling waitress. Then in the first 10 minutes of meeting her, you realize she sucks at her job. She has a date that cancels on her. Like, just the last minute. She's already, like, ready to go out. She goes through a bar by herself to eat, to go to the movies by herself. And then by the end of the movie, she destroys the Terminator. Like, she literally goes from this, like, bumbling, foolish, you know, unattractive person to the ultimate heroine. And it comes back in the sequel and this is badass. You know, so there's always, like, this, this, this heroic journey. Same thing with Ripley from, you know, Alien and Aliens, who, again, is, you know, a strong female character that, you know, at the start of aliens is traumatized and has all this anxiety and everything. And by the end of the movie, she takes out, you know, the entire species. <laughs> you know, she takes out the entire species. Um, you know, and saves the day. So yeah, I mean, we like I feel like again, we we've lost kind of those like ultra badass like characters because it wasn't really like It wasn't really about like any messaging back then. I think it was just about entertaining and just having people overcoming their fears and doubts and really just like anybody can relate to them. Anybody can relate to overcoming anxiety and overcoming trauma and overcoming fear to kind of, you know, defeat this undefeatable enemy. So it all played a role. I mean, um, especially, you know, when I was coming up with it and then the other characters as well. But yeah, I mean, again, I just I wanted to show that, listen, like it doesn't matter where you start. It matters where you end And, you know, one of my favorite quotes when developing this is from Carl Jung, who I also quote a lot, that he wrote, if you can see the path laid out before you, you're probably on someone else's, you know, so we all, so this whole thing is kind of like forging your own path, one foot at a, one step at a time, one foot in front of the other and it's hard it's hard because you know nobody wants to be a trailblazer they want to go on the nice paved road maybe there's an expressway maybe i could just go uber my way to where i'm going they don't want to be going through like the muck and mire of learning something new and trying to create the life that they want
0: or even too, I think people feel boxed in by like their uh, expectations of other people, even sometimes yes. that's maybe an excuse because they can overcome that by just doing it. But um, there is, it is a real pressure, like, a, you know, like your parents, sometimes they have already think they know what their kids should be doing when they're adults or whatever. <laughs> so. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, again, it's like <laughs> kind of like, again, coming from Jung where they you know, said that, you know, the unlived life of the parents are put onto the children. And that's kind of where like the neurosis comes from. So yeah. fortunately, fortunately, my parents didn't do that to me. <laughs> they, they yeah,
0: were... No, I mean, that's great. I mean, but I, I know because like I studied art in school and I have a master's degree in fine arts and painting. And that's not, you know, a thing that your parents are like, oh, you should go be a painter. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's not practical. <laughs> so, and um, anyway, I just think it's really... But I wanted to also ask you, because in the graphic art, uh, mm-hmm. the, um, the other characters that are always around the dreamer, um, they're kind of... They're not like she's a formed uh, being where they're like these kind of... Um, I don't even know. Like they're... How, how are they, like, based on, like, the, you know, like, because they're, like, not, like, regular, like, faces of people. They're oh,
1: okay. Um, yeah, so.
0: <laughs> I'm going to put uh, something in the show notes so people can see and I'll <laughs> post something on Instagram, too. Yeah, let's
1: have, let's <laughs> so, have a link. Link's below. Click links the link below. below. Yeah. Um, yeah, essentially, you know, when you're going against what society stands for to benefit society, you're going to face conformity, which is number one threat. And submission, which I think is equally uh, as as much of a threat, and conformity is just kind of how I have the emoji faces. You know, that's kind of what I, what represents conformity because everyone looks the same and is doing the same. And submission is just kind of the people that are just they they're kind of like slaves because they submitted to a lifestyle that they just were like. There's no hope for them. Someone told them to be a lawyer, even though they hate law, but they became a lawyer. <laughs> Someone told them to get into coding, even though they hate technology, but they got into coding. And you know, you have this person that's going their own way that, you know, stands out amongst that crowd. And that's how with the artist, I wanted to really show it off. I have this herd being this herd mentality. And you have this individual that's doing their own thing. So of course, the individual is going to stand out as like the biggest threat to the herd mentality as, as always, I mean, that it's been for the past 100 150 years, philosophers and writers have been trying to warn us about this oncoming hive mind, conformists, uh, slave mentality and nobody listened. <laughs> you know, it's like nobody listened to T.S. Eliot or H.G. Wells or Juice Merlot or Rollo May or Nietzsche, all, all these people that are just warning it against it. And it was like, oh, it'll be fine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's just it'll be okay. And now here we are, where it's like we're in this again, this herd mentality and this hive mentality where everybody is doing the exact same thing. And um, there's a quote I like by Murakami. Where he says, if you only read the books that everyone else is reading, you're going to be thinking like everyone else is thinking. So that's why with a lot of quotes that I use, I make sure that like the books that I've come across that very few people have come across, but that they're easily accessible through Amazon Kindle for 99 cents or they're free and they're extremely good. It's just they're not the, on the bestseller list because again, they're old and they're they're kind of never achieved like wide, widespread acclaim in their time. So it's, it's just something that I, I hope that oh wow, who said this? Let me Google them. Oh wow, look how many books they have. I'm gonna get this book because it's 99 cents. I'm gonna change my life. So you know that's kind of what one of my objectives also. But it's just things that people need to to be aware of. Especially anything you just time you do something new, any anytime that you're gonna go against the grain, you are going to encounter resistance from your peers from uh, you know, figures of authority, your teachers, your professors, your family, and I've lived it. I've lived it every time and kind of infuse my experience and my energies into this character that just keeps going forward. I mean, I wish I had a guide like this when I was 16, 17. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I just had like a goal and a dream to make something happen. But it was interesting because I had someone that grew up in the former Soviet Union and one of his you know comments to me was, I wish I had this growing up, like that, that when the Soviet Union collapsed, like as a kid, we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't understand. And I really wish I had something like this that showed me. Um, So again, it's it's just things that people need to realize that it's okay to be an individual and that it's okay to be a one because a million zeros, as Carl Jung wrote, will never amount to one. And I feel that's what we're in now. There's millions and millions of zeros all together. And no matter how you add them up, they're never going to amount to one. So you have to be the one
0: yeah that's a great message and um a good thing to remember i like that quote <laughs> i love i love all the quotes thank you um i also want to just if you want to talk a little bit about the artist
1: yeah so fernando Melick uh, and i've been working together since 2018 or 20 yes late 2018 2019 um again i i was trying to find an artist to demonstrate my screenplay concepts and they're all terrible i went to like 100 artists i just didn't have it and then I walked by my bookshelf and i saw his name and i was like i really like this guy i'm going to try and find him i found him and he's like yeah sure i'm available and we just started working together and he was just he's the best in my opinion in the entire industry um you know so when i when i showed him this idea he was like i really want to draw this i really want to draw this i think this is going to be cool and we just started doing it we just got together and it's a a thing yeah he's uh we've never talked before outside of email he lives in Argentina. We've never had a Zoom call. We never just uh never met. We just worked together for years. So hopefully one day I meet him in person, give him a big hug. So cuz you also have some other books too? Yeah, I'm on Amazon. I have four books. It's funny because like I wrote them like starting 7 years ago uh or 8 years ago now. So it's kind of like they're not as good as what they should be because you know, again, you you only write to the <laughs> level of where you at. But they're still good. I mean, I feel like uh the best one is better be you. I feel like it's short; it's to the point. Um, you know, we'll have a link below. I assume.
0: Yes, <laughs> <So> of course. <laughs> we
1: could know, we could do that. I have a novel that's based on one of my screenplays. I have a comedy based on my experiments, uh, experiences in nightlife. I have a marketing book based on my experiences in nightlife. Um, might have another book. Might have a utopian book. We'll see. But for now, it's all about the Substack. Um, and it's all about you know just giving weekly wisdom and motivation to subscribers and help, help, helping them get to where they need to be.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I will have a show notes page, and I'm going to be um, sharing all the links and things for anyone who's awesome. listening. So um, that's wonderful. So thank you for joining me today. I really well,
1: thank you for having me. I hope I, I hope I answered all the questions. I hope people at home are entertained.
0: <laughs> I'm sure they will be. Music in this episode is Lone Canyon by Pazzo. Until next time, Namaste.